0: Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron, and today we're talking about season two, episode three, titled "What is Dead May Never Die." That has something to do with uh, the Greyjoys, right? Yeah. That title. It does. It's not their words. I know what their words are. It's more uh, their religious creed. Yeah, it's more more about that baptism scene uh, with Theon that we get. What do you think of this episode?
1: Um, I liked it. I thought there was some pretty good political stunts. You know, uh, Tyrion's infamous canary in the Red Keep trap for <laughs> his uh, closest advisors. Uh, I really liked, uh, Joran's death scene. Uh, he went out in a suitably badass fashion. Um, yeah, I, 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 I liked it. what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it wasn't, I don't know, quite as good as the previous two. Although there were highlights, like you said, um. It's that Yoren scene is really good, and then Tyrion setting that trap for Pycelle was was also really, really good. But everything else was kind of like, meh, okay. I felt like there's was, it wasn't so much meh
1: as there's like three scenes that really brought down the episode. Anytime Shay gets on scene, yeah. it's oh terrible. <laughs> and when you throw in terrible Shay with Sansa at her most petty and terrible, uh-huh. it's hard to fucking watch. And then I honestly thought all of Rinley's court intrigue was laughable. Like it felt huh, like,
0: okay.
1: it felt like I I don't know like I did this show this show has made kind of Rindley and Loris's relationship into a bit of a
0: joke. I feel like yeah, I don't really understand Loris all that much. Like I, okay, maybe he's a little jealous that Brienne's a better fighter than him, right? And that she got appointed the Kingsguard, but come on
1: yeah i mean like in the books loris is a very talented uh noble warrior who's also gay where in the series uh-huh. he's gay and and it, it's a lot of it is about is him. he huh i mean i i just feel like that they they really emphasize well on the other hand uh believe it or not rinley's uh <laughs> rinley's king's is called the, the the rainbow guard because their cloaks yeah. are all different colors so okay Maybe maybe George isn't so blameless in that, but I, yeah. I don't know. It, it just feels like it's a little, um, it's a little. Uh, what would you call that? Uh, the, the shit. What's what salacious? Just for salaciousness'
0: sake. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I wasn't getting that from from this episode, but
1: I don't know. Just like Marjorie and like you know, oh, I get my brother, and then just like throwing <laughs> uh-huh. in another brother sister. Like I maybe I maybe I don't know. I, I know that this wasn't my opinion the first time through the series. It's just. Uh, Now that I've read more of the books and I've gotten a better appreciation for, like, you know, kind of the the reach and and the high gardens and Mm, uh, it feels like some of this stuff is a little bit more trivial. But they are also are really pushing hard this nights of summer, like how youthful and inexperienced and and kind of non-serious they are Um, and one way to do that on film very quickly is to have a bunch of stuff that's maybe as an audience member you wouldn't take serious like this gay mm-hmm. king trying to conceive a child right. and his wife is a little too into the whole thing with her brother like I don't know
0: yeah uh, I mean I don't know maybe that's just the phase that this season of Game of Thrones is in because you also see like you know Theon and, and some of his stuff is a little bit a little bit much at right. times um, like with his sister and his father and you gave me away like I'll a little yeah. melodramatic there from Theon, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's mostly working for me, and I think the stuff that doesn't work, <clears throat> Shay, <coughs> uh, <laughs> is masked pretty well by how how good the Tyrion stuff is. Yeah. Because it's really excellent in this episode.
1: Also, this is the debut of uh, Gwendolyn Christie's Brian of Tarth, which I think right. is... Uh is 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 magnificent mm-hmm. um she's one of my favorite characters and i think she's she's awesome it's also funny because this weekend i marathon top of the lake and she has a pretty she has a big starring role uh, opposite of elizabeth moss in that uh-huh. um and it's fun to see her because i don't think I've, i don't know I, I i've seen her in well i haven't seen her in star wars
0: <laughs> haven't seen her face I, she, Wars, she, yeah.
1: she purports to stomp around in some shiny chrome armor but i still haven't yeah. seen her uh, i've heard her but i haven't seen her and so I, I haven't seen her in much that's not you know her grim warrior character in this and it mm-hmm. was it was it was uh, if you want to see more gwenlyn christie uh check out the the new season of top of the lake on hulu okay Hey, I want to do some housekeeping. First, if you're an American, today is National Voter Registration Day, and you can go to their website at nationalvoterregistrationday.org. It's mm-hmm. a not-profit, nonpartisan uh, guide to get you registered to vote because you know, we have a midterm election coming up in 2018, which is uh, historically under underrepresented in democracy, and that's where a lot of really imp- important things get filled. That's where you vote for your school board and you vote for like local politicians, people that have a disproportionately large effect of your life, uh, people don't pay attention and notice those. And also there's a trend in, in uh, this country, right or wrong, you can debate. They're tightening, tightening the requirements to get registered to vote, and you might not be kept keep, keeping up on those, especially if you just moved to a state. And if you go to that website, nationalvoterregistrationday.org, They have a tool that will allow you to register for all 50 states. A lot of them will let you do it online, but they'll get you the forms that you can just print off and mail in so you're ready to go. Because no one wants to show up to poll day and find out they've been accidentally disenfranchised. That would suck. Uh, What's going on at baldmove.com? So much stuff. We've got a bevy of first-run movies. We did Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle last week. This week is American Made. Uh, The Tom Cruise, CIA, drug-running, crazy Iran-Contra movie. Um, we also, Cecily and I saw it over the weekend, and we're going to do a podcast on that because we missed it when it first came out. We did a commission podcast on the uh, 1992 Quentin Tarantino movie Reservoir Dogs. Um, we've got American Horror Story coming out every week. Uh, Bald Move TV, we got a bunch of stuff about, we might be overstuffed. We got Star Trek Discovery. Top of the Lake, BoJack Horseman, maybe some Rick and Morty. We're, we're, we're double-stuffed. Hmm. We might need to do, like, two episodes in a row or something. I don't know. And then don't forget in October, because uh, we're almost there, uh, we're going to be seeing the debuts of Mr. Robot, Walking Dead, and Stranger Things. Triple-stuffed. Trip Quadruple-stuffed. Hmm. Oozing out, just like the Oreo said, we can't in good conscience release this Oreo. It's too stuffed. Uh, but yet we said, fuck you, Nabisco. We're going ahead full throttle with the quadruple stuffed, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, listening to bald move might cause coronary disease uh, and all kinds of things. Uh, but you're you're a risk taker, I can tell. You listen to bald. You, you listen to Game of Thrones coverage off season. That's as risky as it gets.
0: Mm-hmm. You can find all that stuff at baldmove.com. Should we get into the recap? Uh, why not? All right, we start off with Craster returning to his house with John in tow. He demands that all the Night's Watch leave. Gior sends John outside, and then he follows up to ask what happened. John tells him, hey, Craster's killing all the boys. But then he realizes, oh, Gior knows, and he's cool with it because Craster helps them out from time to time. Uh, Yeah, I I guess this is how this has got to go, right? Like, Gior doesn't come up here and fraternize with Craster without kind of knowing the score. I
1: think that's the shocking thing, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. was one thing that we were debating. Like, what is G- a guy in a position of ju G- And to find mm-hmm. out that he knows this and he's that real politic. Uh... It's
0: certainly shocking to John, and I, I think it It was shocking to me, but it really shouldn't have been. Because <laughs> that's, that's just kind of how it has to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like I... They've had too much interaction with Craster in the past, as far as I'm aware, to to not know, hey, there's something up with the boys here
1: yeah yeah and it's like i it, it's also a statement of the real world because in the real world you lay down a lot with dogs and try not to get fleas, and it's <laughs> just very hard not uh, to do and and the, and a lot of times that stuff like uh you know arguably what won world war Two for us was the alliance of soviet russia and then like was that a bad yeah. move because they become our most bitter enemies did was it a bad move to empower the mujahideen in in afghanistan to fight the russians and kind of vengeance for uh them supporting north vietnamese and vietnam and then they turn out blowing up our towers on 9-11 like yeah like it's none of this stuff is a good idea in the long run but mm-hmm. in the short run you yet your your rangers are freezing yo yeah and you need a a roof over their head so it's it's i i don't honestly don't even know how to come down on this because it's terrible it's awful but sometimes it's shit you have to do and then i think mm-hmm. i i can already hear the, hear the idolists listen to the podcast say bullshit that's how you become diminished and lesser as a people sure well, okay then your rangers are going to freeze to death yeah, well, and now maybe we could do with a few less rangers. Maybe if the rest maybe. of the people are nice. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> even be north of the wall. Yeah, Have you ever thought about not. that? Maybe we need to stop these interventions into the wildlings' affairs. Like I, I get it. I get it. So you take Jor's position and you run the Nights Watch for a couple decades and 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 see if you've 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 resisted the call of Craster's Keep.
0: And the the big complication here is the the grumpkins and snarks, right? The the others. Yes. Uh they're a a real thing we've seen them before Mm -hmm. um who knows what kind of arrangement craster has actually got with them you know he's obviously giving the male children to them for what purpose we don't know um there there could be other circumstances that john or even Gior doesn't understand yeah right and i think they they do a little bit to salvage Gior. They they say that yes, he understands that this is not like a completely awesome thing that Craster is doing by giving John the sword back at the end, right? And saying, Don't lose it again. It it to me said, Look, I know uh this is not right, but this is how it's gotta be. Yeah. Instead of just like, This is how it is, deal with it. It's more like, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's 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 a great
1: scene and it's a frustrating scene because yeah. life life is frustrating.
0: For sure. Um uh, let's get over to Sam. He's giving Gilly a thimble that his mother gave him so she can keep it safe until he returns. Um I guess he used to read to his mom and this is the thimble she used to sew with. Uh but his dad when he found out about that put the kibosh on it real yep. quick.
1: Yep. Not none of none of this Renly and Laura shit in my house, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Reading books <laughs> and yeah. taking an interest in sewing. Yeah, no uh, shit. His dad Randall's a bit of a bit of a piece of work. He sounds like it.
0: Um, anything else on that scene? Or? No, but before okay.
1: before we leave it, I I forgot to update our where Are my dragons count. Uh, to oh. the extent that there was we no Danny, Danny in this episode, yeah. it still stands at zero. But someone uh, Sarah Z wrote in and said, I think I may have an answer onto where the my dragons count and why it's so inflated in people's mind. Having just rewatched all season two, I counted Danny saying that only one time in the show, but it was every fucking previously on between the episode and getting uh, the dragons back. No wonder everyone remembers it. Yeah. Maybe because I'm not even watching it previously on, so like it uh, you know, obviously
0: we're a third of the way through the season and uh still know where Are my dragons. Yep. We shall see. Alright, we go over to Hodor who goes to wake Bran um and Bran seems to be having some kind of visions of being a wolf potentially, um which he tells Mr. Lewin about. Um and and how old Nan told him the stories about these people who could live in birds and wolves and all kinds of animals. And Lewin just dismisses them as dreams and assures Bran that magic doesn't exist anymore. Maybe at one time it did, but no longer.
1: Yeah, I like to reveal that Lewin like he finds common ground with uh with Bran here. Like, hey, I was kinda like you, you know, look at this here valerian steel chain link yeah which uh uh you know, he, he he says that it's rare for a maester to take attention to that like what one out of a hundred actually do but it's like them dabbling in the the dark arts kind of mm-hmm. and he's like look i i was all about it and i studied it and i wanted it and it, it's 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 no longer a part. like maybe it once was but it no longer
0: is now first of all i i think maester loo just showing it off because he takes any opportunity to show off his yeah. links yeah Like, if I spent my entire life and all I got for it was these stupid links, I would be showing them to everyone. Right. And And this is the one I got for winning the game of Barrel of Monkeys. It's shaped like a plastic monkey
1: because that's how you play the game. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And then, secondly, this is the mystery link? Mm -hmm. He calls it the mystery link for studying the mysteries? How many mysteries are there? Like, three? Or are there thousands? Like... I think the
1: mysteries is the uh, the the Citadel's polite way of dismissing the magic shit.
0: Okay, so like the conspiracy the theory link, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just imagine there have to be many, many, many mysteries in uh-huh. this world, and the, the Master to study them all is impressive.
1: Yeah, you get a link that's shaped like Stanley Kubrick wearing a spacesuit if you study the the conspiracy <laughs> uh-huh. link. Yeah, uh, I also really like the Wolfgam pov where like you can see it from summer's eyes like Hodor's delighted to see him but then there was like a yeah. scullery maid it's kind of like oh dire wolf and that's uh-huh. just like i you know someone went through at like knee or like crotch height with a camera and filmed that through this winterfell set and that that amuses me yeah some and then- b director was really really <laughs> really really, w- really directing shit out of that fake wolf and the people around them
0: yeah uh and waking up to that wolf I imagine it would be scary to anyone else. Yeah, probably uh, would. But to Bran, it's it's more like they're connected. It's it's Monday. Yep. Alright, Rinley's holding a gladiatorial battle when Catelyn arrives at his camp. Uh the winner of the fight is a woman named Brienne who asks to be part of Rinley's King Kingsguard. Uh Rinley agrees, and then Catelyn approaches Rinley who promises to avenge Ned and bring her Joffrey's head. Uh Loris and Brienne kind of cop an attitude with Catelyn, but she just fires right back. With some insults of her own, uh, Renly takes Catelyn on a tour of his camp and then sends her off to her tent. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff happens here. Yeah, so this is is this the is this the first sighting of Marjorie and Brienne? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Marjorie of House Tyrell. Yeah. Um, who, we, who is we, we, the we... knight Loras's
1: brother or sister? Yep.
0: Who was fighting Brienne?
1: And we also learn in this scene uh, that the Tyrells the real powerhouse behind Renly Baratheon. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know that they're providing a the majority of the money and, and manpower, and they're getting the queen in return. Yeah, if, if Rinley uh, support works,
0: that seems to be the noble currency: is queens and princes sure. and yeah. princesses and it's like vagina. This,
1: it's the coin of the realm. just passed it back and forth, and uh, yeah, you know what is what is uh, Marcella and uh, well. Uh, <laughs> Uh Marjorie's a bad exec cause she's just she she wants the queen the the the, the be a queen and have that power as bad as anybody wants seems to trade her like it. for it. So she's all yeah. about it.
0: Yep. Um she seems to be all about this this little battle that's happening here with mm-hmm. her brother involved, mm-hmm. um, rooting for him vociferously. Uh, and Brienne sort of has an attitude uh with with catelyn which i thought was funny because she's like super newly appointed kings guard right mm-hmm. she comes in like uh yeah you're kings guard now catelyn steps up and then miss addresses the king here and uh-huh. she's like you should call him uh your grace right. instead of lord and be on your knees too right lady get, just two seconds ago you were a fucking nobody get out of here
1: and also they, they, there's, there's some other character buildings that like that she's not just kind of a stick in the mud, but, you know, uh, she clearly has uh, strong feelings about protecting Renly. Uh She doesn't like being called lady. Uh, there's, there's, They're telling a lot of her backstory just in little bits and, and pieces and like barbs that you overhear people throwing at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to be a female warrior and be taken serious in Westeros. For sure, yeah. In um, fact, I think she's like a singular example. I do know that in the north there are some fierce warrior women in the in in, in House Umber especially in and, and Mormont, but uh okay. Uh, down south, where chivalry uh holds sway, highly unusual
0: depending on how far south you go, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh but that's the other thing. Like, are you, I, flirt, I,
1: are you flirting with a spoiler, Jim Jones? No, or are you? Because I, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, if you go to
0: Antarctica, there are no genders. Ah, it's, gotcha. It's all gender neutral.
1: Uh, penguins are very enlightened that way. Yeah, <laughs> although they do call themselves emperor penguins, <laughs> right? Gendered language much? I- Empress penguins. That, when you when That's you both. right. That's right. Or just imp 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 penguins. Leave out the because who knows? Then who Tyrion gets
0: offended. You can't win. You d- <laughs> You're right, uh, you're right. It, but no, it's actually just kind of hard to be a uh, female in the world of Westeros in general. Because, like, Catelyn's here. She doesn't really want to be here, right? Yeah. She This was not her idea. This was Rob's idea. He sent her over here. Yeah. Um, it really had to do some talking to convince her. So I, I wonder how effective she's going to be. She seems to start off on a bad foot with hmm well um, I mean he essentially sends her to her room yeah
1: he's very dismissive of her and she's like you've got the gall to throw shade at my son who's fighting for his life against uh, a deadly opponent and we are affording you this chance to hold festivals and mm-hmm. you know essentially you stalling because you can't impregnate your bride kind of thing uh, right she's not having it she's not having it. cat I don't know if you noticed uh kind of prickly could to sure. take offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might just snatch you up and arrest you on some kind of pretense and throw the realm into chaos with very little pro- provocation.
0: Yeah, she might. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over to um, the Greyjoys. Theon's pissed at Yara for not telling him who she was when they first met. Uh, that conversation is kind of cut short when Balon comes in and says, the armies are spread out, leaving ample opportunity for them to reave and pillage in the north, which is exactly what they're going to do. He sends Yara with 30 ships to attack... Is it called Deepwood Mott? Yep, Deepwood okay. Mott. I didn't turn on the subtitles, and that's what I thought they said, but I wasn't sure. Uh, but Theon gets a single ship named the Sea pitch to raid the fishing villages on the shore, which I thought was pretty hilarious. He does not. He thinks um, it's a slap in the face, and he suggests that they pledge fealty in exchange for Casterly Rock. Balon says, we do not so, and then he um, he tells Theon that he's gone soft, living with the Starks. Mm-hmm. And Theon whines essentially like you gave me away. I didn't have a choice. He's not wrong. He's no, just, he's, he's his actually, tone is uh, a little
1: much for me. He's 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 dead on, and he, he you know like that's the thing. Balon is fucking. I think I I think Balon is a terrible is a terrible king for the Iron Islanders, and we can talk mm-hmm. about his. There's a there's a piece of feedback asking for historical background to the Greyjoys that I'm going to get into there, but. I mean, he is is if, if like what what has he paid the iron price for? And when he's tried it, how has it gone for his people? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's gutted his family. So I think
0: Theon is is dead on. But he is, and you can see it on Balon's face. That he right. scores. He has no
1: that. response. All he
0: does is yeah. essentially silence him. Slaps him, and then he stares into the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not an effective retort. No. Uh but I, I Theon doesn't come off great in this scene either either because he's kind of whiny. Mm-hmm. You know, oh you should have told me about you being my sister. Ah, oh, I want more than one ship. Ah, oh, you gave me away. Like right. just over and over Theon's complaining. Um instead of I don't know. I guess just getting hard <laughs> getting hard like an iron iron islander should be. Right. Um anything else about this scene or uh no, just the the deepwood
1: Mot is the home of House Glover, and it's it's hmm. on the uh, the west coast of Westeros, uh, kind of in the okay. middle of the north, and it, it, it kind of acts as a it's right off bear it, it's, it's, it's very close to Bear Island hmm. in that little bay, and it's named like the weird name it's got is because Mott is actually a construction technique. It's a, a way to form an earthen mound or like defensive fortification that you then put like a wooden fort on. Huh, so, like okay. a lot of northern keeps, it's more it's, it's more on the. It, don't think King's Landing. <laughs> think more of like those weird forts you used to see, like the uh, the Eastern Europeans would come and build, and like they'd have like you know wooden pal- palisades as they call them, right? Um, yeah. So that's what they're talking about taking, and then using that as a central point to launch up and down, you know, re- raping and reaving uh, expeditions.
0: Yeah, and this scene, I guess, makes you wonder how how much. Theon's loyalties lie with his family of the Greyjoys versus family of the Starks. Yeah. Um and I, he's and you know, Balon's questioning that the entire way. Yeah,
1: and we see that like, you know, there's a scene at the end that kind of definitively he makes a definitive decision, but um yeah. it uh it it I think they did a good job of showing the conflict. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's he's not just going against his it's it's weird because he's asked to choose between his blood and the people who raised them. Who has the plan that actually makes sense? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it must be it's very frustrating that like you could get all the glory and riches that you want if you support this guy. This otherwise, not only are you going to destroy a lot of people I care about, but also it's probably not going to go going to go well for us.
0: Yep. Okay. Then we go to King's Landing where Shay is feeling cooped up. Tyrion says she can become a kitchen wench if she'd like, but she's not happy about that. Uh, Tyrion tries to impress upon her the danger of the situation they're in, but Shay is too caught up in the precise words that he uses to get his larger point. This is the thing, that is the fundamental thing that I dislike about Shay is that she is so concerned with the details of the language he uses. Uh, And I guess the... The perceived sentiment that she has versus like Tyrion's very real understanding of the danger that they are both in.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. I was trying to find ways to be more charitable with Shay because I was like, I think what this is more about. I mean, obviously, she's not too stupid to understand what she's doing here. Of course not. I think the thing is that she's trying to make the point that. These are all things for Tyrion's sake. Like, Tyrion is afraid that she'll be killed. Like, she is not afraid, and she wants to be defiant, and she wants Tyrion to stand up to her, his old man. And um, because she – I don't know why. Because but she doesn't know Tywin Lannister the way r- right. <laughs> Tyrion knows Tywin Lannister.
0: Right. That's the big problem here is she right. just doesn't get it. She doesn't know – the situation she's in. She thinks defying your father is like a thing you can do without repercussions. Do right. You think my and
1: father wanted me to be a whore? No, I just <laughs> marched out and I said, well, I'm a whore, daddy. And- yeah,
0: guess what? Your father didn't have fucking armies and all the gold in the world to come after you if you defied yes. him. Or yes. Defy him. Like Yes. It's a fundamentally different daddy.
1: Yeah, and, like, the the the, the power and scale and how relative – like, I, I don't know yeah. that she doesn't understand. I, honestly, I don't – She's I, just ignoring I don't that get, fact. I don't get Shay, because they portray her as simultaneously intelligent, but also uh-huh. pigheaded about this kind of stuff. And maybe yeah. – I mean, I, I think that the, the easy thing to say is that Tyrion should cut her loose – because what's important <laughs> to him is obviously not important to her. Like she wants, uh, he want he loves her and wants her to survive. She doesn't give a shit, and so like, um, it's not. But but I think what she's wanting is honesty from him. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make this about me. Make this about you and your like, you know, like like I'm defined as as your weakness. Like that's that is kind of fucked up. I get what she's saying, but on the other hand, yeah. there is no happy ending for this.
0: No, there can't be. I mean, it starts – Unless Tyrion is literally thing. going
1: to depose his father mm-hmm. and 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 win over uh, House Lannister as the third-born uh, right. d- dwarf son. Uh, uh-huh. That's the only way this thing has a, a happy ending. Yeah. And also, you know, he doesn't need – I mean, he's supposed to be – like, the, the other thing about Tyrion, you know, talking about his flaws – he brought Shay to the house or to 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 uh, King's Landing to stick it to his father. Yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say.
1: But he's there to fucking rule, mm-hmm. and how is she helping him do that?
0: Like he's he. She's not. It's it's in some ways a contradiction because right. Tyrion shouldn't have her there. He's only doing it for a bad reason, right? And and um, she's
1: also a giant lever with the fulcrum being in his asshole that if anyone gets the end of that stick, they can just leverage him any way they want. Right. Because, again, she's And he's she's lucky it wasn't
0: Littlefinger who, who found her out. He's yeah. lucky it was Varys who's yeah. willing to play his game for the time being. Or
1: Pycelle, because Pycelle turns out of yeah. Cersei, and now Cersei's going to be able to, to snatch her up. And it's just like he's got to play this other game that is completely unrelated to his success at defending King's Landing I, it's 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 really <laughs> frustrating on the rewatch. Like, come on, come on, Tyrion. I love you to death. But... Yeah.
0: I mean, it's supposed to be frustrating, right. like, Tyrion's a very smart character, but what he's doing here is very dumb, right. And it's very petty for for bad reasons. He's doing like, these du- things.
1: Duties of hand before hose. That's that's <laughs> basic base, <laughs> b- basic basic Lannister bro yeah. right? Uh, sure. You, you got you got to get those
0: distractions out of there. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, it maybe it's in the delivery. They both are doing stupid things for stupid reasons, but Tyrion's just much more entertaining for me to watch. Yeah. He's a much he's a much more charismatic character, I would say. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean we actually get to see him do amazing things and like, you know, I guess it's a fair question of for sure. to ask what could Shea actually do that's amazing. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's
0: it's 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 grating. It's pretty bad. All right, Sansa's dining with Cersei and her two youngest children, Marcella and Tommen. Uh, Marcella brings up the topic of her wedding to Joffrey, and Sansa pretends to be happy about it, though it's very obvious on her face she's not. Uh, And things just get more awkward from there, with Tommen asking about the death of her brother, and like, yeah, it's just not a good scene. Not a good scene at all. Mm -hmm. I don't mean the scene in the show is bad. The scene in the show is fine. Um, But this whole topic is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, And And Cersei almost seems to revel in it. It's... Yeah. Sticking it to Sansa.
1: Yeah, and it like that's the thing, like you feel so bad for Sansa because she's being forced to do this, and then her new handmaiden Shay walks in. Yeah. And Sansa is just Jesus Christ, the Mm -hmm. worst. Yeah. And I get it. That's a normal human reaction. I've seen it time and time again. You experience oppression, and the second you get the upper hand, you want to pay that back. Like you would think it's the opposite. Like getting a taste of that would would make you realize how bad it feels. So you don't want to make anyone feel that bad. But no, Sansa Sansa's yet to learn that lesson. Apparently,
0: I'm putting myself in her shoes and I'm saying, okay, I've got I've got a bad situation here, right? My father's been beheaded. I'm living in a castle I don't want to live in with a husband to be that I don't want as a husband. Right. Uh, things are pretty shitty. I would have hoped that I would at least get a good handmaiden out of all this. Yeah, and now like, I know not the one greenest.
1: Can, so brush my hair properly. <laughs> right. I wanted the fancy dresses and the nice hair, Marcella's and I got it. Get but two fancy dresses for my one ivory. Right. Not fair. Not at all. So I feel for you, Sunset. <laughs> and I don't. And the other thing, from Shay's perspective, is like. She's got the biggest fucking attitude about this Mm -hmm. position that is, you know, it's like I I, and I I, I'm not unsympathetic for it's bullshit. She wanted to be brought in and, and, you know, Tyrion promised her silks and perfumes and gold things and and King's Landing. And what a big adventure and blah, blah. And she's getting this bullshit. But still, you know, she has I don't do you think she just doesn't take Tyrion seriously when he says how dangerous
0: this is for him and her? That's the only conclusion I can come to. Yeah. Because if she realized the danger that they were in, I don't think she would be acting the way she is. I just
1: don't understand why she doesn't because she's she's been positioned as an intelligent prostitute mm-hmm. and she's lying with many powerful military men. And mm-hmm. she's heard – like you've got to heard a few stories about time in Lannister. It really doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It, all of that adds up to kind of that being my least favorite character Yeah, that, that we've got on screen at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So let's go over to Pycelle, who gives Tyrion a laxative. The gift of a proper shit. Yeah, I I think this is all just an excuse, though, for Tyrion to set this canary trap with with Pycelle and Varys and Littlefinger by telling each of them that he's marrying Marcella off to three different suitors. Um, It's, I guess, interesting to see how each reacts. Varys almost, like can tell what he's doing like I, I read Varys face and I go Varys has done this before hmm this is not Ooh, his first Queen time around the box no like, yeah, <laughs> right? he's like
1: he he's so Elam Garrick from Deep Space Nine which yeah is one, yeah why I love him so much because Elam was one of my favorite characters and and uh, he's playing it almost exactly the same way I agree yep. I thought that like oh someone's picked up Spycraft 101 yeah gonna teach the master of spiders <laughs> a
0: thing or two about uh, <laughs> tracking down a, a leak eh Uh huh. Do tell. <laughs> and, and Pycelle's too dumb to understand what's happening. Right. And then Littlefinger is just all about himself. He's concerned with, what do I get out of it? Right. Um, kind, of, kind of very telling for all these different characters, like right. how they react to this. Right. Um, which makes it such a great scene, because everybody's acting how you expect everybody to act. And Tyrion, uh, Peter Dinklage is just destroying the screen here. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, watching Peter Dinklage act in this scene is just a pleasure. Because mm-hmm. he's having fun with it, you can you can tell, and the
1: way it's constructed, where it's just like, yeah. it just you, you, it's it's like Groundhog's Day, but you only the only thing that changes is who's Marcella, Marcella gets wedded off to. I I uh-huh. like that. It looked like it was fun for everybody, and yeah. even even Littlefinger. Like I don't think Littlefinger is as quite as on the, on the take as Varys, or maybe he's just better at hiding it. But like like Littlefinger has sees the problems with the thing that is being proposed. Yeah. And also sees the danger of like being Tyrion's follower because he has just really been been cleaning up cleaning house.
0: Yeah, with Janos, he points that out.
1: Yeah. So I don't know because the other thing about Varys and the spycraft is like maybe is like it's super entertaining for us as the audience to see him kind of like smile and simper in, in Tyrion's face. Probably not mm-hmm. the smartest play to make though. I felt like Tyrion got it though. Like hmm. Tyrion understood that he knew what was up. Yeah, but is that this again? Is that the smart play? Like, wouldn't it be better to like just go along and like, oh my, how amazing! And, like, you know, let like I just feel like Varys is best suited for people underestimating him.
0: Okay, again, yeah.
1: super entertaining for us to watch <laughs> the get, but like if if I'm if I'm playing a game, it'd probably be better to keep a poker face and your 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 cards a little bit closer to your best.
0: Uh, unless you're trying to be this guy's friend, right? I mean, is that Varys' goal? Because he said,
1: he... and we see by the end of the episode, he has successfully yeah. of the three advisors in in opposition to him ingratiated himself to tyrion yeah so maybe so, that's part of his yeah plan. here i'm trying to give political lessons to the master of <laughs> of, of, of whispers and spiders yeah we'll so, just let various be Varys. how arrogant
0: of me um okay we go to renly and loris who are banging in his tent but loris can't get brienne off his mind um he's jealous i guess uh he also says that renly's men are starting to laugh about he and marjorie not having consummated their marriage yet um, and Loris sends in Marjorie to have sex with a ver- now very drunk Renly. Uh He's unable to go through with it, and Marjorie reveal- reveals that she knows all about him and Loris, and that she's willing to do whatever it takes to get his baby in her belly. Right? Not where babies go, by the way. <laughs> you don't want a baby in your belly. That means you've eaten a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I. So it's funny because I kind of changed my mind on. On this scene, from the my initial reaction at the top of the show to now, because hmm, like okay. I got a lot of this, like Loras being uh, he, having hurt feelings that he was bested by Brienne and and all this, but now I'm seeing that like what it is is, I think he's frustrated because Rindley is not even trying to do what's necessary, which is keep their relationship a secret and uh-huh. impregnate his sister to. To, to keep the whispers at court at bay. And yeah. that frustration is coming out as jealousy and peak at that the Brienne situation. So you think Catelyn maybe got to him a little bit with that comment about just playing at war? I think it's 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 it's, it's it's the fact that like yes, an outsider like Catlin can take one look at this camp and kind of like see Rinley's non seriousness and then that germ leads to and oh by the way, why is he maintaining the chastity of his queen? And oh by the way, doesn't he spend a little bit too much time with the brother and then you know, once your power is undermined in this and again, like, you know, is it bullshit that a gay king can't be a good king? Sure. 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 But that's that's this that's the way the society uh uh, is it, it, is set up and 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 Loras knows that and Rinley knows that but Rinley is doing the fun and easy things of being the king and not doing the serious ones. Mm-hmm. Um I still do I, I don't know whether I just don't like Rinley cuz I do like Loras. I don't know whether I like Rinley and I just don't I like I'm I'm seeing their relationship as bad because I just I just of like the fact that it seems like Loras Loras should be the one uh, as king. Although <laughs> I don't know. Like like He doesn't have the claim. He doesn't the have the problem. claim. Yeah. He doesn't have the claim, but he's always been the one that's more serious, and he's kind of like pushed Rinley into this for mm-hmm. his own ambition,
0: and it, the, his his frustration with this is kind of palpable. Yeah. Um, they did pick, a, in my mind, phenomenal Rinley. Like, he yeah. looks like Robert Baratheon if he had like 50 more pounds on him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A and lot that, like him. And like he could be. That's how he's always described
1: as the book. Like, he is, uh, he, he's, uh, I think that they refer to him as the, well, maybe as Robert, it was the true steel. Because like there there's this armorer that was talk talking about them in terms of steel and like you know Rinley was too flexible and uh uh Stannis was too rigid and brittle but like Robert was the true steel of the two and he was mm-hmm. the one who was able to keep the the kingdom you know he's a bad king too but he did keep that thing together for twenty years and now yeah. we're seeing Rinley, he just wants to please people mm-hmm. and you can't do that if you're a king
0: not all the time no. Right, he just, to, he just wants to.
1: He just wants. He just wants Stannis and everybody to be like, "Well, look, this guy's got 10, 000, or a hundred thousand guys, so obviously he's got the better <laughs> claim, and we'll just uh-huh. let that happen without any bloodshed."
0: Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Right. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is Marjorie because I feel like there's there's something there's an edge to Marjorie that there I don't sure quite is. understand yet, and and it's displayed sort of in her. Apparent bloodlust during the tournament. And I thought it was a good um, thing to
1: show in contrast. Well, not in contrast, but like uh, uh, kind of reinforcing her brother's attributes because there was that scene where he's shaving Rinley's chest and he cuts him and it's like, you know, what's the fuss? This is just blood. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of it on your Like her and and Loris are of one mind. Mm hmm. And, and one might think, huh? I wonder how they got that way. But they're like they know what it takes, and they're fucking committed. They're in it to win it.
0: And it seems like they're in a perfect position to manipulate Renly into whatever they'd like. Right? You know? I, I mean, one of them is his his, I guess, uh, public queen. Yeah. And one of them is his private lover. So like right. they kind of have both both sides of him here, uh-huh. uh, and they can just squeeze from the middle. So like it 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 should be. Like, oh, Marjorie's trying to help out. Marjorie understands how important this is. But something about Marjorie's delivery or something says that she is maybe not in this for the exact reasons that she should be. Hmm. Or maybe she's like... I think she's in it for personal ambition. Yeah, yeah. 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 I- I- which is, I <laughs> think, what you should be, like, if you're
1: the queen, like, that's probably in this world, Personal like...
0: Personal ambition? I don't know. I mean, it should be, like, a mutual benefit okay, sort of yeah, thing, yeah, right? you also want to help
1: the realm out and you think you can do a better job and all and, that. And she but. says
0: it that way. She says, like, oh, uh-huh. Rinley, I need, like, people are talking and, like, we need to do this because it's the right thing. But, like, something about the way she's saying it doesn't make me think that she's in it for Rinley at all.
1: Oh, yeah, Totally. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. I think that Rinley is a means to an end.
0: Okay. She yep. would. She would, like securing
1: power. She would queen up Stannis if uh, yeah. he was he was available, or Rob if you know. But this is this is the play that her family's making, and they're both backing it with with everything they got. Maybe it's just her smile
0: because she has like the she does have most the... devious of smiles. <laughs> she's
1: got this smug, I'm up to something at all times smile. Yeah, but it's also very disarming
0: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's trouble. <laughs> All right, we go over to more trouble, Cersei, who is super pissed that Tyrion is sending Marcella off to Dorne, uh, which tells Tyrion uh, that his canary trap has worked. Tyrion says, too bad, and he tries to extol the virtues of sending her away, which is basically no rape or heads on spikes. But Cersei's not really interested in hearing that. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, a couple steps
1: ahead. He's like, I'm planning for the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm planning for a world in which we are deposed and we are in exile and we need allies and we, you know, we need to keep our chain of succession. We should pro- I and, and Cersei's yeah. just not hearing it because I don't think she's even allowed herself to think of a world where her father gets beat on the battlefield and they have to, 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 to consider these
0: things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, my, yeah. I guess my biggest question coming out of this scene was – what happens if Varys talks? Or what happens if Littlefinger talks? Okay. Does Marcella get sent off to whatever place the, has the like least loyal uh, person with the information? So Mike
1: McSee was the first of many to ask that same question. He said, When Tyrion played the Lion game, do you think he would have proceeded with any of the plans that had leaked, or did he have a hunch that the Grand Maester was the likely culprit? I think the latter, because Tyrion and Theon didn't jive during the brief encounter at Winterfell, and he saw firsthand... That sweet Robin was a breastfeeding disaster.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Breastfeeding disaster. Thoughts? Um, I, I. See, I guess the the implication that you guys are going with is that Tyrion was going to have to follow whichever of these plans came to light. I don't think sure. that's true. I okay. think as soon as they one of the plans came to light to his sister, uh, he would have exposed the traitor and then done whatever. I do think that the Dorn was probably the one that made the most sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Although, so, so Cersei comes screaming like, "Oh, I'm super pissed that you're sending uh, Marcella up to the Reach or whatever." Right? He'd say, um, "Well, he'd say, no, I'm not doing that." Fear she's not, she's going that's, to
1: Dorne. You've you got bad <laughs> advice, which would also make sense, probably. Yeah. I mean, because that suits his purpose too. Because sure. then, when he does away with the person, Cersei can't really complain, can she? Yeah. Because well, these guys, you know, spread and gossip and go- So <laughs> I, I, I don't feel it's is my and, and there's. it it went the way it did so this is all hindsight and since it all worked to Tyrion's satisfaction there's no explanation of you know what like he doesn't talk about all of his contingencies (laughs) but that's how i took it Uh that he was just yeah one of those was probably legit would have been what i think would have been made it more clear is if he had had three plans that neither of them and then he had a fourth plan that he revealed once his canary trap was sprung oh okay um yeah. That would have been but that's not how it went down in the books. It's not how it went down in the show. So no,
0: it it's fine the way it went down. I was just curious yeah. if you had any thoughts on it. Yeah. All right. We go to Theon writing a letter to Rob warning him about the impending Greyjoy attack, I think. I don't know. I tried to read a little bit of it backwards it is. with it his said, handwriting and
1: it did. I paused it. It said something along the lines of Rob, um, hopefully this message gets to you before it's not too late. My father's planning on betraying you and taking the north. You okay. should ride as fast, as soon as possible, Yeah,
0: you know, blah, 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 and stop it. <laughs> Go to Deepwood Mott Yeah, kill, kill all my my blood, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so he decides to burn it instead of sending it, and afterward he's baptized into the Iron Islanders' religion, which I don't know the name for uh, They worship the Drowned God. Okay. All right. I guess I think not, that not all of, like, the Faith of the Seven yeah. is kind of like a proper name. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the Drowned God doesn't really... Drowned godianity,
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the drowned godhood. Um, I do think that I I love how this was staged. Like Theon in that inky black room, yeah. lit only by the candle and the letter burning, was a fucking phenomenal visual mm-hmm. of the darkness of him warring with his light side. I yeah. thought it was great. Um, I thought his performance, where he's just like deeply unsure about all this, like when once he gets baptized, there's this moment where. He stands, is kind of, is like, kind of wild eyed, looking around, like, "Oh shit, this is really happening." There's not, like, I get this feeling that, like, he's he's waiting for something to stop what's happening, Mm -hmm. and it's just not like only you can do that, and it's, and he's not strong enough to do it, so yeah, because he's one of those soft Starks. Yep, (laughs) that they're renowned for their softness.
0: (laughs) Definitely not, but uh, so how old are the kids that are usually baptized? Or kids? I assume they're kids. Are they? Are they usually Theon's age or younger? I don't because I was trying to like picture this with a younger child, and it came off really weird. That's a really good question because I, I don't.
1: I don't have a great answer for you. Hmm, okay, uh, it's funny because the priesthood has one step more where they actually drown the person. Yeah, they actually yeah. drown them, and then I think they do that to the king as well. They drown them, hold them under until they drown. They take them out and do a primitive form of CPR, and if they come back to life, they 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 literally rise stronger and harder. and If they die, well. Drowned God didn't like him anyway. Uh yeah. so just shove him into the sea. Uh but yeah, I I don't think I don't know if there's like a christening uh, yeah. cuz that's the thing is is like this is kind of a half-assed. Like do you believe in a drowned god or not? Right. Like what what is this is this for the people that got one foot on the shore and one foot in the sea? Come on.
0: It's just I guess yeah, a taste test of the ocean.
1: Yeah. You got a sprinkling.
0: What is damp may never dry. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, all right, let's move on to Littlefinger. He comes to Tyrion, who is pissed that he lied... Or, sorry, he is pissed that Tyrion lied to him about where Marcel is going. Tyrion proposes to make it up to him by having him help free Jamie and 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 telling him he can see Catelyn Stark again. Uh, Bronn busts in, saying, hey, we found him with company. And then they go bust into Pycelle's room, where he's lying with the whore. Tyrion knows that he told Cersei, and he gets Pycelle to admit that he had... You know, he didn't poison him, but he had a hand in John Aaron's death and has him hauled off to the black cells after I, cutting off his beard. High comedy all all around. Yeah, pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, just uh, how weak and pathetic Pycelle sounds here. Like, I always serve the Lannisters, the Lannisters. <laughs> like, no, come on. You served yourself. Well, and that's the thing is like, as I think someone sent this, I'm
1: not sure if I wrote, re- read it, but someone pointed out that the. The essential, the essential corruption of Pycelle is that he does take sides. That is directly against hmm. his, his okay. oath as a maester. Like he is supposed right. to serve the the institution of the king. Like whoever yeah. so he's not supposed to like. Oh, I want my thumb on the scale and make sure the Lannisters are always on top. That's mm-hmm. uh, not what a maester is supposed to do. So Tyrion, like you know, even though he's corrupt for his family, Tyrion's probably well well shot of him.
0: Okay, yeah, seems right. Uh, I don't have a lot more to say about this. I like this how the, the, Tyrion like, comes back with the second gold coin after that, seeing this. That
1: that had a huge second man. life as an upvote gif on the Song of Ice and Fire Reddit. Like I bet you know, that like it was a little orange upvote that he would put on there with that little <laughs> smile. It was it was really good. And the whole yeah. like he's got his like you know you might have forgotten that he's got these hill tribes still with him, and he's got you know right. I think it's Timit. And he's saying, you know, feed his, uh, cut off his genitals, and feed him to a goat. But there are no goats. Well will make do. Like that
2: yeah. stuff
0: is all, all really good. It was. Uh, then we go to Varys saying to Tyrion that Shay is doing well in Sansa's service, and he compliments Tyrion's plan.
1: The sheer force of will. He didn't add air quotes
0: around the word well. Yeah, <laughs> and service. Uh, Varys puts a riddle to Tyrion about where true power lies and Tyrion decides he doesn't like riddles (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah. essentially his point is power resides where men believe it lies Um, it's a trick a shadow on the wall and a very small man can cast a very large shadow so I I guess this is Varys you know saying yet again I'm here to be your friend um, let's work together And he, he you know, This continues this
1: season's meditation on power And where it resides And I like yeah. this riddle because it's not answerable It depends on Well how rich mm-hmm. You know it depends on how well loved the king is It depends on what the king can believably Promise to the sellsword It's it's all highly variable And and to the extent that you can sell That you mm-hmm. know um, Is is kind of Like power is a fickle thing And uh uh, he, but he also then spins it to Tyrion's advantage by saying this, you know, small man can cast a very large shadow, which Tyrion really likes. Yeah. He likes that image.
0: For sure. Uh, then we go over to, I guess, the final series of scenes here. Arya can't sleep, and she asks Yorin how he can sleep with all the horrible things he's seen. He realizes that she's talking about her father's death, and then he tells her about how he saw his brother stabbed through the heart, and he couldn't get the name of his killer out of his head. Uh, <laughs> he finally saw the man again, and he murdered him before then going off to the wall, which is not exactly a lullaby, <laughs> Yorin, uh, which he <laughs> understands, he's like, yeah, I guess that didn't go anywhere good for you. Um, and the Lannister troops show up, demanding the hand over Gendry, Yorin refuses, and a battle begins. Arya sees and burning and goes over to give him a sword, I guess? An Ax. Axe. or something, Yeah. Uh, the survivors are rounded up, and Arya says Gendry is the kid that they just killed with her sword. Um, the one who is trying to make off with the real Gendry's bullhelm, and the rest of them are carted off to Harrenhal, presumably. That's what the guard says.
1: Indeed. Um, I think the, the the previous scene where he's talking about Willem, like, uh, yeah. he's advising her to, like, lean into it. Like, the way that, like, uh, you know, recently I've got this new technique where when I'm trying to sleep I envision a white piece of paper and, like, I just continually, like, as thoughts try to intrude I continue to come back. He's like, well, if you can't get out of your mind then fixate it. Make, like, this mantra, this prayer. Yeah. And he's like, it fuck, it's like, it's not, it's not a panacea because as he, he, he has a shocking realization that, like, I can't remember my own brother's death, the inciting incident, but I can remember everything about Willem. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see how Arya puts this, you know, because Yorin is one of the, you know, Arya's has had many mentors up to this point, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say she'll continue to have mentors along the way. And Yorin is one of the oft-forgotten ones. Sure. Um but you know, he saved her from King's Landing, gave her a little bit of wisdom, and then meets the end of his road here. Uh mm-hmm. where she goes next, will well it's gonna be Harrenhal, <laughs> Yeah, unless she's not escapes. a spoiler. But what sh- what what happens there, you know, there's also like we're supposed to see Jack and take an interest in Arya as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how like you know you know, that how how is this going to pay off Presumably for Arya's benefit, or maybe it'll be more dangerous. But we're supposed to notice that,
0: or maybe he'll burn to death. Like they don't actually show him getting out of that cart. So. That would be hilarious. I yeah. would love
1: a show to be because that's like something George Martin would do in his books. Like Arya would give an axe to someone significant, and then he's just never heard from again. <laughs>
0: right? Presumably
1: he burnt to death in the wagon. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I might have, I might have had too much of a tell
0: there. But um, the the couple of kills that you see in this are pretty brutal. Yeah, Yoren like. <laughs> Yorin's awesome. You know, he the takes thing cross about bolt crossbows. Bolts. They're so slow so to reload. To <laughs> yep. Uh, he takes crossbow boat. He takes like spears in the back and the side, and it finally—I mean—that'll definitely kill you. Yeah. Putting a sword all the way down your spine through your body. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the I guess the Roman way to execute a,
0: oh, a soldier. It's a yeah. soldier's death. That'll do it. Yep. A- and then the the needle through the neck for that that young kid who was a thief. Let's not forget that. Right. He was a little shit. He was trying to steal Gendry's bull helm, uh, which got him killed. Uh-huh. Well, it did, that didn't directly get him killed, but he got he Gendry His shitty the attitude
1: hook. about being carried is what uh, his, his – like, yeah. maybe if he had been a little bit more grateful. <laughs> right. Um. It was his fault. Totally his fault. <laughs> well, you're the one saying, fucking. him, he's a thief. He's a not thief. gonna high You're not going to high road me from the low road, mister. I
0: say maybe just take his fingers.
1: All right. Take his fingers. Let him. Let him have his neck. Fair enough. Uh, but he kills the guy whose name I believe is Lami, uh, one of uh, you know Arya's kind of friends she meets along the road, Uh-huh. and she's able to pin that on the, the Gendry head on the Lami.
0: Yeah, and then Gendry steps up and says, "No, I actually really like that bull helm. I need to grab it.
1: <laughs> it's all the same to you since he's clearly dead." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. But uh that's yeah, Ari is a pretty traumatic scene. She loses one of her mm-hmm. one of her mentors, she loses Needle, even more importantly.
0: Yeah. And she's captured. Yeah, she's captured. She's in forces. the hands
1: of the land the the enemy forces. Now she's and that's the thing. She's not they don't know what they've got. They they think they've killed yeah. Gendry, and they're gonna bring these guys back for interrogation, but uh she's, scary situation to be in. She's pretending to be
0: Ari. Ari the boy. Yep. That's it. It's the end of the episode.
1: Yep. Hey guys, if you're enjoying our uh, recap coverage of uh, Game of Thrones season two, just just know that the only reason it exists is because we're doing this as our full time job. Because otherwise, we got way too much stuff to do to 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 go back and rewatch a past season, even if something as successful as Game of Thrones. Uh, so the way that we keep going financially is primarily through our club. If you go to oh, club- I thought
0: it was the. The fact that Ball
1: Move is a drug front—that—that <laughs> yeah. that, I wish I knew that. That would have been helpful. I, <laughs> oh,
0: oh. I, well, I was going to tell you. Next, uh, next that's
1: drug.ballmove.com. <laughs> uh, you have to have a, a a a tour. What is it? A tour client? Uh-huh. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm, gotta, I'm a terrible you criminal. You got to pay in uh, bit Bitcoin cash. You're right. I'm a terrible yeah. criminal, and also I'm wearing a wire. So <laughs> I'm taking you. Down, I'm taking you down with me on this enterprise. I knew nothing about. Uh, but you can go to Club, our, our front, club.baldmove.com, to sign up for a low price. You get a ton of special features. You get video versions of our podcast that record live. There's no faster way you can get it. You get special audio and bonus video features. Like last week, we, we did a playthrough of uh, episode two of uh, Telltale's The Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Nope. <laughs> the wolf, wolf Among Us, but wolf, yes. The, the wolf, wolf Among Us. It's
1: where I, I, I keep waiting for the one where we get to smash our Lamborghini because we're all high on Quaaludes. <laughs> it hasn't come yet. Hasn't oh come yet. Uh, but a lot of stuff like that where we have bonus. If you, if you like listening to Jim and I talk about stuff, there's more of that for the club. Uh, our first run movies, you get the spoiler free version free, but if you want the full spoiler, you got to be a club member uh, to say nothing of all the bonus features. And if you go to club.baldmove.com, they outline all those features, give you a little bit of sample. And again, the first 30 days are free to try. So check it out club.baldmove.com. Thanks in advance for your support.
0: What do we have for feedback?
1: Uh, we have got a couple of interesting things. First off, a guy named uh, or maybe a woman, Zane S. Uh, he's got a friend that works for he works for this special effects house called Alura. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, I L O U R A. And they have every every season they come out with this like demo reel where they show like all the special effects that they contributed to Game of Thrones, and it is hmm. amazing. Like. This is all for Season 7, so if you're just joining us on the rewatch, skip it. But if you want to see how some of the really breathtaking scenes from Season 7 go went in and how much compositing, like, I was surprised at how little was actually real. Hmm. And then I was also surprised yeah. at how much stuff was based on reality with the fantastic scenery. Depending on scenery. the scene, yeah. Yeah, so you can check that out. I got a link to it in the show notes. Um, it's for public dissemination. So moving on to Allison S., one thing I talk about with my husband all the time is the Iron Island economy. It's the most baffling thing to me. The scene in the Nightlands with Balin welcoming Theon home and his general disgust at his upbringing and appearance is the first we've really seen or been able to understand as a viewer, the Iron Price. I know I probably need to read the books to learn more about it, but for now I'm like Jim, and as a show watcher only, I I love hearing details about the books from my husband or your spoiler edition. My question is, what does an economy look like that you have to murder to obtain anything? I know the pirates do and did exist, but it's pretty unbelievable to me that the same family could have ruled this island with any kind of authority with this kind of society. Are there no skilled laborers on Pike? If they're good pirates, do they steal gold and then use it <laughs> to buy goods or services? How would an iron price economy even work? It seems like it would crumble so easily and be a major liability to the realm at large.
0: Uh, okay. Let me try and explain it the way I understand it, and then you can correct me and tell me that way it actually is. Okay. If, if you know. Um the way I understand it is the iron price refers to essentially honor or respect amongst these people. So like you don't kill someone to get a loaf of bread. You don't you don't have to pay the iron price for bread. You can you can pay gold for it, but like Tyrion or Theon is trying to dress as if he's this, you know, noble person and this person of great stature um but he hasn't paid the iron price for it. Mhm. And and it's not, like, the good itself that he's hasn't paid the iron price for. It's more, like, the respect that comes from wearing something like that hasn't been yeah. earned by him.
1: Yeah. I would say that, like, I think that that's, you know, the whole nature of them not sewing the iron price is is almost like a religious text that can be interpreted – Hmm. Okay. differently by different people. And the story of the Iron Islands is the story of a people, especially since Aegon the Conqueror. Because, here's the thing, Hall used to be an Iron Islander. Like The Iron Islands used to rule the Riverlands and the Islands. Hmm. like, And they had yeah. a lot of money and a lot of power. And Heron the Black, who created Heron Hall, which he meant to be this impregnable fortress, which, by the way, he built with his own fucking hands. He did not pay the iron, I guess. Well, I guess that's kind of paying an iron price for it. Uh-huh. And uh, Aegon the Conqueror uh, said, oh, you got an impregnable castle? I will just roast you fucking alive with my three giant dragons. Mm-hmm. And he did that, which is why Heron Hall is, is ruined and said to be cursed. Because uh, the guy that built it died inside it. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Iron Island became small again after that because, you know, they went against Aegon, the uh, uh, the Tullys were given to Riverlands, and they had to subside of the island. And and the, the history, the 300-year history of since, is essentially a, a secession of kings saying, we should get back to the old ways of raping and reaving. And yeah. then the Targaryens putting their boot up their ass. And then a, a king saying, whoa, that's the wrong way to go. We should try to rejoin civil society and, and maybe try out the seven gods. And then then they get complacent and the Viking comes up and says back to raping and reeving. And mm-hmm. Balon Greyjoy is the latest revolution going, trying to go back to the old ways. And he got a Robert Baratheon-sized boot up his ass yeah. for his trouble. So it's not an economy that really works. And when the Iron Islanders, when they do get rich off that, inevitably they sit down and start building castles and wanting to become fancy lads themselves. Mm-hmm. So you're right and you're wrong. Like Being a thief works, but then... What do you what you after you're a successful thief, what do you do? Like do sure. you keep living in the fucking sewer or do you, you know, build yourself a mansion with your ill gotten gains? <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh hopefully that helped a little bit of background. B. Garrett says, I'm joining you guys on your review of season two. Uh speaking of things I may have missed, was there ever a connection shown between why the White Walkers take only the sons? Did you notice the New Zealand that crept the, was was there ever <laughs> was there ever a uh, connection? yeah was it a connection was this specifically a deal made so that he can continue to produce more children or were there something about being a male that attracted the white walkers i think that we should probably keep watching okay yeah i i don't know the answer to that question because there are a lot of things not yet in evidence and we know very little <laughs> about the white walkers at this point so, these are things that you are wise to, to theorize on and speculate about, but uh, don't think it's time to reveal the answer just yet. Adam G. I've been re-watching this series with my dad, who has never seen the show or read the books, and I had a question come up that I did not know the answer to. When did Melisandre start with Stannis? <laughs> when did she when start? Did she start? With... Don't, don't, don't you start with me, Melisandre! I'm starting with you, Stannis. Fine, fuck it, <laughs> we're started. Uh, was she telling him that he was the prince that was promised before Robert died, or was this all after Do you have any idea on that? Uh, I had to to fucking research this. Yeah, I I actually don't know. It's a good-ass question, I'd say. It's a good-ass question your dad uh, proposed to you, Adam. So I did some research, and I found uh, an interview that Martin did on the So Spake Martin archives at the Citadel.org that he did in Barcelona in July of 2012. Someone asked him, why did Melisandre seek out Stannis? Did she see him in her flames and decided to seek him out on her own? Or is she on a mission on behalf of the Red Priest? It doesn't seem at any point that the latter is the case when you compare it to something else that's irrelevant. Anyway, George Martin said, you're absolutely right. Melisandre has gone to Stannis entirely on her own and has her own agenda. That's the official word that we have on this. Now... Okay. We'll eventually come to appreciate that the Red Priests do send envoys to kings because they're trying to sell the next great religion. Uh, and Melisandre is not a part of that official mission. That's what we know from Martin. But people have pieced together that she wanted an in with Stannis, so she... Uh, approached his wife and converted her, the the lady, uh, the Salise. Hmm. Okay. And then used the the power of the wife to. And now to, she's
0: banging Stannis.
1: To to yeah to convert Stannis, and now she's she owns him, lock, stock, and his barrel. So hmm. I gotta wonder how the wife feels about that. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we'll find out. Okay. So far, we've only seen her on the beach, looking excited about gods being burnt. Yeah. Uh, Josh L. from Denver, before I express any thoughts on the Nightlands, might I make a humble suggestion? I think Danny only says the full where are my dragons once or twice, but you can count how many times she says just my dragons after the theft. I think the number would be rather high. So Hmm. that happens a lot, too, where people misremember. For example, Ned Stark never says brace yourself, winter is coming. Okay. Yet, if you were just a distance in the internet, you'd think he would said it every fucking episode. Mm-hmm. So she might be bitching and moaning about her dra- my dragons, a lot. Just not the whole full throated. Where are my dragons? Sure. Okay, James H. Is it possible there are more lands south of Westeros and Essos? If the two continents are situated on an Earth-like globe, they would both have to have be in an or they would both have to be in the northern hemisphere to account for the climate differences. Horn, for example, would have to be situated at or around the equator to justify its continually warm climate, even in the winter. To make a comparison, the southernmost tip of South America, Cape Horn, can get very cold at times due to its proximity and Antarctica. Yeah, that can't be true. I was taught that South America was hot.
0: <laughs> all of South America, all of the massive continent. All of Africa South is also similarly a jungle, I'm of pretty course. sure. Um, so. It's so, called Antarcticos. Antarcticos. And yes. it's, it's a genderless nation of apparently penguins. Im- imp penguins. We've, we've established this. Have you not been listening?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, you should have listened to this podcast in the future and, and not wrote into this. Um <laughs> So I got two observations. Number one, you can get in a lot of trouble applying science to this world because George has uh-huh. explicitly said that the seasons are magical. They're not a result of some complicated astrophysics, three sun orbiting around a fifth sun, gets a little too close, and now it's hot. It's It's all magic.
0: Okay, um, Which is his way to say, I don't want to do the research into what it would right, take to make right. these seasons make sense. Take that shit sense. to Ray Bradbury yeah. I, or uh, Isaac Asimov. I'm just
1: trying to write a yarn here. Which is fine. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a land south of Westeros. You'll never guess what it's called. It's called Southeros. South Get Oro. out of here. I'm not making Fuck it up. you, man. I'm not no making way. it up. Well, I mean, is it weird that we got a North and South America? Like, no. what, you fucking <laughs> ran out of names? No, it's not. Like, I mean... It's, is there? I, I guess Essos is supposed to be Easteros, or maybe maybe os is the word for land and Western land. This means it's like probably just means Western lands, Eastern lands, and South lands. Where's like, the Northos? Uh, that is the lands of Always Winter. They broke their they they, they broke their mold there because um, I think it's one piece of contiguous land. Like Westeros, would there's nothing north of Westeros to the, mm-hmm. the, the continent.
0: I don't know. They call the whole thing Planetos, So. It's stupid, right? And that's I the, 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 the books like, do, but the the fans do. Yeah, the
1: so the the, the Martin doesn't like that. If he, yeah. l- okay, his preferred thing is like they would call their planet the same thing like we call Earth essentially dirt, and that's like he essentially feels that they would whatever the Western like they would call it the you know whatever version of of soil that they that they hold to. Hmm. Um but there yeah, so like it, it does it does even despite all those caveats, it does seem to follow that where the north farther north you go, it gets it gets colder. The farther south yeah. you go, it gets warmer, the southern isles are very warm. Um but then no one knows like it's this is like very early on, like there is no one that's sailing around the globe and making like precise so there might be some maybe it does get eventually cold and you go down south, but you don't know. And also it's magic. Yeah. There could be it could be turtles all the way down. It's just, you get down to south of Sothoris and it's just turtleos until <laughs> you get to the very bottom. So uh, it's hard to answer those with any kind of precision because there's no scientific precision to be had. Double T from Melbourne. About the Mormons, why did Yor join the Night's Watch? Why did Alistair Thorne, for that matter? I think I heard mm. this was due to his Targaryen allegiances during Robert's Rebellion. But I thought Robert pardoned Targaryen loyalists when they came back to power. For that matter, why didn't Jorah take the black rather than flee Westeros? He's a Northman. They generally hold the Night's Watch in high regard, and his father was there. Well, reading between the lines, I think his father was there the big reason Jorah didn't take the black. Uh, (laughs) Okay. He fled to Essos because he still had his wife with him, and he clearly loved his wife more than his own Mm. honor. She left him in Essos, and then, what, he's going to go back and and face his. He's a proud man, he's going to face his father. Who's the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? That must that would be fun. Yeah, um, he'd be a
0: steward for sure.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Like Jorah is not a great guy. Mm-hmm. We like him because he's he's he, he. And and you could usefully compare and contrast his behavior when he's married to his wife, where he would do anything for her to make her happy, and when he ran out of money, started selling slaves, like with yeah. his kind of obsessive love of Daenerys. So like huh. he's hitched his wagon to. Maybe a more worthy cause, but he's he's loyal, but not very principled kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if Danny told him to slit a babe's throat, to I don't know that he would have a problem with it. Yeah, he's been hanging out with the Dothraki for too long. Yeah, yeah. And if he did, his love for her would probably sort it all out. Right. Um, About Jor, that's the tragedy of Jor is he took the Night's Watch when he became old and his son um, became of age because he wanted to make you know he wanted Jorah. Uh, to be able to kind of have room to fly. Hmm. So he okay. took, I'm old and I'm not going to go lead this house to my, you know, as a daughter, I'm going to go to the Night's Watch where I can do some good and Jorah will will take over the house. Hmm. Uh, and then he fucked it up. Uh, Alistair Thor is... So, you're right. When Robert came back to King's Landing, he made peace with a lot of the enemies. The key word is when he got back because he was grievously wounded in his duel with... Uh, uh, faced Targaryen. <laughs> yeah. That's not his name. Sure, uh, first of his line. Shit, I um, Rhaegar. No, yeah, Rhaegar sounds right. <laughs> uh, he he got in his duel at the at the Trident. So he was recovering from his wounds, and uh, Tywin was kind of dispensing justice because he was uh, oh, a, a late late turncoat, and he offered the loyalist the option to go to the black or die. And Sir Alistair okay. took the to, Probably one of the many reasons he's bitter is like, God damn it, if it if if, if I was out of King's Landing at the time, I could have taken a sweet pardon deal yeah. and still be an important part of my house. So uh, that's it. That's non the feed, hmm. uh, spoiler feedback. Oh, okay. I hope I didn't fuck up any of those historical details. I, 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 I tried doing a research, but I wouldn't surprise if I got uh sudden, so, some of those things were opinion too, like all that stuff yeah, about yeah. the geography. That's all opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like to know if I was wrong. You can send those complaints to me at game of thrones at dot com or praise or your own comments, whatever. It doesn't have to be criticism. It's nice when it's not. But I understand. Sometimes I, I need to get the I, I need to get the uh, Greyjoy Smackdown. Uh, and you can also follow our fellow fans and their theories and speculation at forums. com. And follow us on all the social medias at or slash baldmove.
0: Yeah, uh, we are going to have some spoilery things to talk about. We probably have some spoilery feedback. We will. We, um, do. we don't have any music to to interrupt you, uh, to remind you that, hey, we're going into the spoiler section. So let this be your reminder. We're going into the spoiler section now. Shut it off. Yeah, if you don't want to hear it, get out of here, uh, and we'll see you next week. If you do want to hear it, join us in just a second. And we're back with the spoilers. Uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Okay,
1: because I really didn't. I didn't have a lot of... uh... Stuff that jumped out at me.
0: Well, watching through this, I guess third time now, um, what really stuck out to me is Marjorie and her character and her. A, a lot of <laughs> she she really seemed to be caught up in this this fight between Brienne and Loris. and I don't know if it was simply because her brother was involved or she's trying to put on a show here um, for the crowds who are gathered, but kind of cast a different light on her relationship with Joffrey a little bit like I know she's leaning into like whatever whatever pleases the king Um, she's leaning into it but how much of that is you know displeasing to her and how much of that does she enjoy like when she's fingering this crossbow Mm -hmm. uh, with Joffrey here in a couple seasons or maybe next season um, how how against that is Marjorie really that's a good question I mean, I her attitude think toward it just toward it just surprised me. That shows episode.
1: it does. Like I think you're on to something because as I said in the main podcast they are trying to show a similarity between how she views blood as a necessary and maybe even exciting part of this Game of Thrones, right? Whereas Renly likes to pretend that that part of it doesn't exist. If he just yeah. glad hands people and remembers their name and the fact that they've hurt their foot, then he can ride that to the, the Iron Throne. Uh huh. So yeah, you might be onto something
0: there. I don't know. I'll have to. I guess when we get to that part again, because I think it's next season. I definitely think later statements she makes. She's not very impressed with Joffrey. But she oh, was... oh, for sure. But maybe not for the same for for the reasons that I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. And also, she's very manipulative. And yes. And maybe I'm just misreading it. Yes. Um. I also had forgotten, and I think you alluded to this a little bit. Um. Uh, probably a lot of people forgot where Arya got this idea for her list of names yeah which comes from Yorin. i didn't remember that yeah um so if you're like me that was probably a treat that's what I said
1: like the off forgotten yoren but she got one of her defining trademarks or prayer structure yeah from, from him
0: yeah i thought that was a nice little reminder uh and that's that's pretty much it as far as original thoughts do do the listeners have some thoughts
1: I do. Also, like I think that's exciting. One of the we never talked about this in our preview, but one of the exciting things about this season is, and one of the smarter edits they've made to Game of Thrones is when Arya gets taken to Har- Harrenhal. Of course, that's where Tywin Lannister is using his command post, and he yeah. takes her as his kind of like page boy. And Tywin Lannister is one of Arya's mentors. Yeah. Like she learns he a is. lot from from watching him, which I think is kind of cool because mm-hmm. uh, he's not he's another one that you don't think of because then she's going to hook up with Jacken and the you know then the Hound and like those are so larger than life characters and arcs that these guys get yeah. lost in a shuffle. But and, uh, and you can
0: really see the influences from all those people on her personality later on. Yes,
1: indeed. Uh, but yeah, we do have feedback. Gameofthronesabaldmove of dot com. Uh, Joe, I was just thinking about how you guys said that you thought the remaining books would leave the "quote unquote" power players and overall events in the same order as the show. But is that really possible anymore? A few key distinctions seem to make it unlikely. First of all, assuming the Aegon, the blue haired one planted by Varys, is Aegon, is there any way Jon's plot line follows the same trajectory? Wouldn't there be two characters with very similar roles and goals in the same place in the same time? Not to mention two characters with literally the same name. And while that's super important, the much more prolific use of warging in the book seems like it could be a major subplot that could drive some forces in other directions. The other major wild card to me is Lady Stoneheart. While we've gotten very little of her, the simple fact is she seems super relevant. If she succeeds in just a few of her goals to avenge her house, then the Lannisters will be thoroughly changed plot-wise. I remember right, if I remember right, she should have all the Lannisters on her kill list and even if one of them dies in the book and the show, that would have to diverge drastically. Um, what do you guys think about all this? I I don't know about the Lady Stoneheart plot um because I think that if all of her plans come to fruition, what's going to happen is she with the ban- the Brotherhood without banners is going to destroy the Frays and the Bolton's, hmm. and that has come to pass in the show, um, and it's been like the hands of John and Arya. So you're right, and I guess when I when I say power players, I'm talking about John and Danny and Cersei and Jamie and mm. Arya, like. I, I like I don't throw fake Aegon in there, and that that, <laughs> yeah. that definitely reveals some of my bias, right? Because I think that the fake Aegon is going to be a distraction and is going to be a a red herring. Um, and to the extent that he's important, uh, like whatever strife is between him and Danny is supposed to exist in the books, it seems like they're going to try to put a little bit of that between John and Danny. And maybe that's <laughs> why John has the name Aegon when a lot of people don't like it. Um, so like I I but I just don't. Like, I would be shocked if with The Wind's of Winter and The Dream of Spring comes out and fake Aegon is actually Aegon and he is a big part of the books. Like, you would look back and say he's a power player. Like, is Prince hmm. Doran a power okay. player? Um, in the books, you might say it is, but if his plot goes nowhere, which it kind of already has, then... Yeah. He was a potential power player that didn't make it. Like well, would you say Renly's a power player? Right. This season you sure as shit would, but looking out over the
0: entire history of the like no, probably not. Yeah, or Stannis for that matter, you know. It's Exactly. Like they're their storylines that have come to an end, I guess. And you know, if for power players, I would throw the Night King in there. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Sure, sure. Like um that that whole Others force is going to be I imagine roughly track with what the books yeah, do. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, I, again, I could be, there could be room for shocks because yeah, yeah. there's nothing that says George has to, there's nothing that says the double D's have to be faithful to all of his bullet points. And there's certainly nothing that says that George would have to commit to bullet points he's given them. Mm hmm. Um, but still, it would shock me if, like, Jamie strangles Cersei in the books and Tyrion strangles her on the show. It would be shocking to me if Danny kills the Night King in the show and ja- John kills him in the books. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, to me, like, they've certainly got bullet points that big, and why the hell would they not go through with it? Yeah. Um, because the other thing is like if they didn't want to go through with it, there's probably a tighter way to write this. If they just want to start making whatever shit they wanted up, so like why you know? I, but that's just that's that's my biases. It's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just.
0: I, I mean, I'm prepared to be shocked.
1: Yeah, I don't. I but don't it, think
0: it has to go that way. But I think I'm, it would be
1: a shock. Like if, if but it would be shocking. Like yeah. one of those things is established in the books, contradicted. It, mm-hmm. it will be. Uh, it will be talked about a yeah. lot. and the the fandom as a shocking thing that's happened. For sure. And then people will debate about whether George always wanted it that way and whether he changed his mind or the double deal. Like, there's going to be so much fucking nerd holy wars (laughs) over this.
0: Pretty much no matter what happens. Yeah. Because there are going to be differences.
1: George not finishing the books before the series is John Aaron being poisoned in the Red Keep. Like, it's the thing that's going to start a bunch of nerd blood spilled on the internets for decades to come. Josh L. from Denver, I want to weigh on the Arya and Gendry relationship. I certainly doubt Gendry ever thought of Arya as anything other than a friend or little sister. For Arya's part, though, there is a couple of scenes where they implied Arya's approach to puberty and thinking about boys in a new way. For a few episodes, when we reach the ghost of Harrenhal, uh, Arya certainly appears to be getting an eyeful of Gendry's shirtless, muscled torso as he's (laughs) forging a sword in the moments before the Tickler's death, perhaps crushing a bit Hmm. on her blue-eyed companion. The other scene I wanted to bring up comes in Season 3 the episode Kissed by Fire, and does depend on the directorial intent. If you recall, in that episode, Gendry tells Arya that he's planning on joining the Brotherhood, much to Arya's dismay. When he notes the Brotherhood is like a family and that he's never had a family, she replies, I can be your family. The director of that episode, Alex Graves, said in the -the behind-the-scenes interviews that he had Maisie read several takes for that line, and then the one he went with was the one he felt sounded close to the declaration of I love you. Hmm. So it's possible that in a pre-Hound, a pre-Red Wedding, a pre-Bravos, Arya had something of a girlhood crush on Gendry and certainly cared enough about him to temporarily add Melisandre, Barrack, and Thoros to her list when Mel took him away. That said, of course, she's a very different person now. It's about as hard for me to imagine Arya initiating a romance with anyone at this point sure. as Bran doing the same. Yeah. I thought this was – and I had no idea this was with about Alex Graves – uh of course Alex Graves is also famous for shooting a scene where Jamie rapes Cersei and Deceptive Baylor oh and saying boy. it wasn't a rape. It wasn't supposed to be seen as a rape, so yeah. it gets really really odd when you're talking about directorial intent with him, but I thought it's interesting that he he tried to choose one that made it as as close to I love you. And then like what does I love you mean? I love you like a brother I love you know. Yeah. Uh but I thought that was pretty interesting. Um any other comments or should we move on?
0: No, no, let's go ahead.
1: Nicholas P., upon rewatching season three, holy shit, you're getting ahead of us. Yeah. Slow down, man. Uh, Craster Bosi has 99 sons. Does this. And a bitch. <laughs> yeah, a bitch ain't one. Yeah, well, does that to John's? Face, How could and it it's be? Insulting. yeah. Uh, does this mean they're 99 or 96 minus the ones that have been killed, White Walkers? We've
0: only seen a few at a time. I mean. I don't know that he's meant to be taken literally, right? Yeah, has he kept count? Does he have the records? Like if he's in the let Mart- me see your children books.
1: Like Martin says, half a hundred all the time as his way of saying uh, essentially countless, or like lot, I've yeah. got a couple, of, you know, time out of mind. It's kind of like that. Like I, I, I don't think it's literally true. He's got notches that he's been keeping track of, but, but, but who knows?
0: He doesn't seem like a guy who would keep track of that,
1: right? Um, also, it's been said that dragon blood is required for dragon writing. Does this mean the Night King has dragon blood in him? Hmm. I don't think so, because the Targaryens came to Westeros a long time after the, the Children of the Forest beefed with the First Men. And also, a lot of that's just Targaryen bullshit. Right. Like... The fact that they're immune to fire and like a, some, a lot, you know. I, and again, Danny's the glaring exception to that. But a lot of this stuff is just Targaryen propaganda and mystique. They didn't want to think anybody mm-hmm. could give a sugar cube to a dragon and hop on it and they'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Or if you just were like kind to a dragon, that they would be cool with you. Um, I do think that this has a lot of currency in the fandom. There's a lot of theories based solely on who and do, does and does not have dragon blood, and sure. they got to be the ones that ride the dragons. So. I'm not being dismissive of it. I'm just saying that, first of all, like I think that whatever the dragon nature that Viserion had is probably gone after he's been whited.
0: Hmm, yeah,
1: like that's got to fundamentally the- change your your what what you see and is is and is not of a dragon. You know?
0: Yeah, I would think so. So. I mean, it fundamentally changed what he breathes. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> and how fast he is and how many holes he's got in his wings. or a lot and the, the color of his eye. Yep. Uh, the other thing about the Craster and the 99 Suns is, like, Craster's just a man. Like, I think I've always been of the opinion that Craster is the last of the ones that are keeping, like, like he sees himself as this holy man. And he he's the last to kind of keep this arrangement with the Night's Watch or with the, the Night King, which kind of implies that others might have in the past. And that's a popular fan theory. The reason that the others are getting restless is because man has largely stopped honoring their agreement to help them reproduce. Yeah. Um, But that's just a theory. And, you know, I, I, like I said, if, if, if they just had the original, like, like the Night King and he's just waiting for Craster for 8,000 years to give him recruits, maybe that's why he's marching fucking Craster. It was just Night King up there brooding about like how, he, how everything went wrong. And then Craster started leaving babies on his doorstep. And he's like, fuck, I got an army now. Like setting out a welcome mat. Bad idea, Craster. Yeah. Bad idea. He's the king of bad ideas. He is. Uh, Rebecca F., you guys said something in a previous podcast about Sansa and Tyrion ending up together with the caveat of Sansa being the one to suggest it. If that happens, what do you think about Tyrion suggesting they take the Stark name? He hates being a Lannister, and with Bran already stating he won't be Lord of Winterfell, and Jon being a Targaryen, this could be a way to continue the line. It also follows with the more progressive route they've been going. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm down with that. Is that – I mean, I always think of, like, in terms of progressiveness, I'm like, is that too progressive for this society? Oh, oh, the Game of Thrones society, maybe. Yeah, like Tyr- like Tyr- like Tyrion declaring that he has no house anymore and he marries into House Stark. Like I like that idea, but would that be would that be something everyone snicker snickers at at court? Snickers yeah, at shit. snickers. Yeah, shit. He he doesn't snicker. need snicker he doesn't... or snicker. I think you can do either one. Uh, sure. You can uh, snicker at my use of snicker. I don't, I don't know.
0: All right. Uh I I feel like he's already got a lot of things for people to uh take jabs at that's true he might not want to add one more to the list that's true but but i mean it kind of it sort of feels right from my modern day perspective yeah (laughs) like let sansa be the the power player here you've had your chance you kind of fucked it all up and and yeah. you're kind of lucky to get what you have at that point. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Like the the bastards and broken
1: things, crippled bastards, broken things tend to be more progressive than most because they're not sure. part of the entrenched power structure. Right. Like you can't say the word entrenched power structure with also saying that like there's degrees of liberalism and conservatives among the the wealthy and the powerful and elite, but that is by nature a conservative, like an establishment. Is a conserved by nature, so yeah, it would make sense for him to be a little bit more uh, 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 idealistic and broad-minded than say his father or, or sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like it. I like it, and I, I think, I, like I said, I think I think Sansa and Tyrion are a good match. It's just Sansa might have other options, and I feel like Sansa sure. deserves to get whatever she, the fuck she wants at the end of all this. Yeah, Kyle W. Sorry, Kyle Y. The Season 2 opening episode featured Stannis and Melisandre with a fake Lightbringer sword during the beach burning scene. As you mentioned during the podcast, the entire ceremony seems staged and ridiculous. It seems strange that Lightbringer hasn't been referenced since this episode, despite the many referrals to Azor Ahai, the prince that was promised, etc. throughout the books or swords. I think that all ingredients are technically on screen for Lightbringer, but I'm not sure if they would be as satisfying to a TV audience. Jon Snow as a badass swordsman, Sam Tarly uncovering Valerian Steel's secret formula, Gendry as a blacksmith to forge the sword, um, use of flaming swords throughout the series, but Lightbringer being the ultimate form, the romantic relationship between Jon and Danny could min- mirror Azora High and Nisa Nisa, Melisandre going back to Essos to discover some ancient spell or throw scroll, also dying as a possible Nisa Nisa candidate. Do you think there's any role for a literal magic sword as Lightbringer during the final moments of season eight?
0: Sure, I think so.
1: I I'll say the same thing because someone asked me this at one of the the Con of Throne um, uh, presentations we did, and I said the problem I have with Lightbringer is I just can't see how you visualize it, like a fiery sword. Like 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 Aragorn had a magic sword in Lord of the Rings, and so did Gandalf. Um and whenever you saw it on screen, it's pretty much just a regular old sword. There was mm-hmm. nothing like it. The, what was special about it is, I guess, the man who uh, who wielded it. Hmm. And you know, it was a storied blade, and everybody respected. It. And Valerian steel. It's like where, other than the fact that it can smash White Walkers, like how can it be better than light? Like, what would Lightbringer be better at? It already – it touches a White Walker and explodes in the, the glass shards. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea of, like, John like, raising it on high, like, fucking He-Man's sword and, like, smiting them yep. all the beam of light or, like, Sauron in the first of Lord of the Rings where he's just swinging his mace <laughs> and a hundred <laughs> dudes go flying. Like, that just seems
0: ridiculous. Uh-huh. So, Maybe it's more like a Zelda thing. Maybe he can shoot swords out of his sword. He can
1: shoot light swords out of his swords.
0: has yeah. the the magic. If he's got all of his heart containers filled, uh-huh. that seems. Which he also- does
1: now that he's banging Danny. <laughs> <laughs> he's got them all filled up. No, nah, baby, that see this hole over my heart. It just all, I love just leaks out. I'm a rolling stone, Danny. I can't. I can't kneel. Um, I I I, I just think I know. I don't think Lightbringer as a magic sword makes sense. I think. No? Hmm. Okay. I think you'll find that Lightbringer is going to be the person like John mm. is lightbringer or Danny might be yeah. lightbringer, but um it's 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 something that that's the legend then you know came in and and did a whole bunch of you know Paul Bunyan bullshit with it, but the essential truth is someone took a stand and that was the important thing that's just my hmm. opinion, okay, and if you think that there'd be a way to have like you know Lightbringer shooting out magic lightning bolts or something, and it it would feel like Game of Thrones, then, then yeah. by all means, email. I mean, I guess you could also say, well, that flying dragons and armies feel like Game of Thrones before the season? And I, no, fair I, point.
0: But. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know how they'll do it, but I I don't think I'm gonna roll my eyes if I see a magic sword done well. Interesting. Because like, look at so, Barracks so sword, uh, right? So how like, Barrick's sword is okay. flaming. That's That's pretty sweet looking. Yeah, I I never like rolled my eyes and said, "Oh God, a flaming sword! What the fuck!" Mm -hmm. Uh, Just crank that up a notch. I don't know what it looks like, but show me something cool and I'll be on board. I mean, like, like I'm trying to think. Like, maybe it just is like,
1: like looks like a fusion reaction. Like it's just bursting with heat. A lightsaber, like a light, yeah, like a (laughs) lightsaber. Exactly. Is that like he already has a weapon that cuts through these things like butter anyway? Right. Like he just barely has to scratch them and they die. It's like that's a visually cooler looking thing, but is it more effective? I don't know. Maybe it just has to visually look cool. It has to tell people, yeah, that this guy is a Zora high, goddamn it, or yeah, Danny it could, is or it somebody. It Could be a
0: symbolic thing,
1: right? Yeah. It's not.
0: It's not necessarily that the sword has better like physical powers, but. It could just be a symbol of John's yeah. um status, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's like a ha- like the saints that always paint with halos so you know sure. he's the, 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 the good guys. Uh-huh. That will be uh whoever is Azora High is gonna be their halo. Um but yeah, I I'd I'd like to know other people's opinions on that. That's just mine. And you can send those opinions to Game of Thrones at Baldmove dot com. Uh again we got the forums, forums at dot com and all the social medias at or slash bald move. Um We'll be back for the fourth episode next week. Mm -hmm. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.